This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Barbara Kay speaks about laundering the hijab. Now, let's join Moses as he introduces Barbara to the stage. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Barbara Kay. She writes regularly in the National Post. I find her lucid. I find her persuasive. She was here a number of years ago, gave an outstanding talk. I've begged her to come back ever since, but... It's always conflicted with something else that she had to do. She's back this year, and she's got a very interesting talk for you. This is Barbara Kay. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a great honor to be back. My title today uh, for my uh, talk is How to Launder a Hijab. This is the story of how Western ideological, political, and cultural elites are colluding with Islamists in the movement to sanitize the hijab, a symbol of female disempowerment, and to falsely promote it as a symbol of female empowerment. Let's sort the laundry. These are hats. Uh, They are not the hijab. All these, uh, all these head coverings uh, from different diverse cultures have one thing in common. They all sprang organically from their culture. The hijab is a special case. It did not spring organically from anything. It's an invention by an Iranian mullah in 1970. He said he was inspired by the nun's wimple. Well, the nun's wimple, which we don't even see anymore, uh, is a symbol of spiritual vocation on the part of a, a tiny sub section of adult Christian women. The hijab, on the other hand, is more complex. It can be looked at as a spiritual symbol, but mostly uh, it represents two ideas. One is the uh, uh, acknowledgement that the woman uh, is responsible uh, for the containment of male sexual desire. And the second idea is that uh, females, girls and women, are, uh, accept responsibility uh, for sustaining their family's honor through their sexual behavior. And that can have some unfortunate results sometimes. This is Axa Parvez. Uh, Axa is a Toronto teenager who was tortured and killed in 2007 by her father and brother with the complicity of her family, in part because she refused to uphold her family's honor by wearing the hijab. Axa wanted to be a normal Canadian girl. 
When you see a teenager in a hijab, you don't know if it was a free choice or whether it was imposed on her by her family, and that is something always to keep in mind. The hijab came into common usage only after 1979 and the Iranian Revolution. By 1982, it was, um, uh, a rule was passed in Iran that all girls over the age of six, regardless of faith, had to wear the hijab. As you see, uh, before 1970, Muslim women uh, were very confident in their Muslimhood, in their, uh, their allegiance to Islam, uh, but they looked like we look. After 1970, it was quite different. We have women in Afghanistan who have been put into body bags, and the hijab in Iran became a symbol of militant Islam, Islamism. Uh, so this is a symbol of political Islam whose aim is to uh, uh, is triumphalist and which is extremely hostile to the West. Wash cycle. We begin the laundering cycle. So, 1979, Iranian feminists are protesting uh, the hijab as a symbol of oppression, but in 2017, suddenly it's been laundered to become a symbol of feminism uh, in the post-Trump uh, inauguration uh, women's march. We had uh, the organizer of that march is Linda Sarsour, who is uh, a Muslim who believes uh, enthusiastically in the imposition of Sharia law. Well, Sharia law is anti-democratic, uh, anti-feminine, it's, it's a sexist, and it's uh, homophobic. Uh, so it is, it is certainly not something that uh, feminists should be willing to align themselves with. And yet, here we have uh, feminists falling all over each other, uh, trying, to, uh, trying to marry two, two objects that can never cohabit in harmony. The hat <laughs> symbolizing one thing and the hijab symbolizing another and now uh, made into a patriotic gesture, uh, the hijab American flag hat. Now the irony here is that if they were putting on sombreros, it would be called cultural appropriation. Somehow, somehow the hijab is a special case. But here these women are taking it a little further uh, and they're saying, hey, you know what? Nakedness, full cover, it's all feminism. Uh, and they've even made a joke out of it. Uh, damn, I look good. Hashtag, damn, I look good. Uh, funny? Well, some girls and women would not be fi find that very funny. This woman says she's supporting women's rights uh, by endorsing. She's endorsing full cover, and she thinks she's doing something good for women who wear uh, full cover. But most of the women wearing full cover uh, are dying to get out of it. And so this woman is not helping her. Uh, she is enabling she is enabling the oppression of women. Uh, this ignorant blogger, a university blogger, says, Muslims are the true feminists. That's just a dumb statement. If you're forced to wear that, well, it is. If you're forced to wear the hijab, then you can't be a feminist. And if you choose to wear the, fe uh, the hijab, then you're adopting an anti-feminist symbol. But if she really wanted to meet a true Muslim feminist, she could write about Dorsa Derekshani. Dorset Derek Shani is an Iranian grand chess master, and uh, Iran would not permit her to play uh, chess in a recent uh, world tournament because she refused to wear the hijab. That's a Muslim. This is Melanie Elturk, who is, uh, she runs a business, uh, Oat Hijab, for making clothes uh, for women who want modesty. She says, well, I believe fashion is one of the uh, outlets in which we can start that cultural shift in today's society to normalize hijab in America. Why would we want that cultural shift? 
Why would we want to normalize hijab in America? Uh, and yet, it is becoming normalized. Um, I'm showing you one fashion ad, I could show you a hundred. In runways all over uh, the world, the Western world, the hijab is being introduced by designers uh, made glamorous and exotic as part of their uh, design uh, lists. Now this femen group, they know the truth. Uh, they're saying oppression is not fashion and they're saying it in three languages. CoverGirl has jumped on the bandwagon. I understand, you know, CoverGirl's about beauty, and I understand they have a diverse clientele. All kinds of girls wear CoverGirl, and some of them are hijabi girls. That's fine. But look who they chose for their brand ambassador. She's their brand ambassador. She's beautiful, but she's covered up half her beauty. Uh, in, in, in the West, hair is part of our beauty. And here, CoverGirl has, has, has made someone who has repudiated half her beauty, uh, to be their brand ambassador. There's a lot of irony here. I noticed that in the promotion of the hijab, you often see a Western face with light eyes, uh, very often in a white uh, head cover. And these are, these are, um, these are ads pitched at uh, Muslims. So it crops up again and again. Here we have uh, useful idiots in the entertainment world who have, they are, uh, who are adopting full cover as part of their performances. This is Lady Gaga and Nicki Minaj. Uh, what the heck do they think they're doing here? Uh, this is mockery of oppression, and it is laundering. They are laundering. You can just see that chug, 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 chug of the washing machine going around as we look at these images. This is Lil' Kim, who is actually using face cover uh, as an erotic device. She's saying it's actually seductive to wear face cover. Well, tell that to those women and children uh, who are in their body bags in Afghanistan. Mockery of oppression. This is Alicia Keys, same thing. Bare leg, tight dress, cover. It's all feminism, it's all diversity, it's all beauty, blah, 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 blah. She had to take down that tweet off Twitter because she got swarmed by people that were angry at her mockery of oppression. I'm sure glad that happened. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up after the break. Hijab is not about oppression, but freedom from evil eyes. Freedom from evil eyes. Who's got the evil eyes? It's all men. How are you feeling, guys? Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Barbara Kay speak about laundering the hijab. Now we come to the bleach cycle. Uh, again, the Western face with the light eyes uh, and the white, uh, the unusual white niqab. Hijab is not about oppression, but freedom from evil eyes. Freedom from evil eyes. Who's got the evil eyes? It's all men. How are you feeling, guys? <laughs> this is not our culture speaking. And this should, there should not be a Western woman there uh, who is broadcasting this message. Well, how do Western political leaders and our cultural elites sanitize the hijab? Here is the president of Austria, and he's telling us that because of real and rampant Islamophobia, uh, his answer to all this Islamophobia is to put women in headscarves. Yes, all women are going to have to one day wear the headscarf uh, in solidarity with, uh, with Muslim women. Uh, this is an appalling statement. First of all, there's a lie in here. What's real is Islamism in Europe, and what's rampant is anti-Semitism, not Islamophobia. But next, 
this is a, a statement of cultural surrender, and the burden of that surrender is going to fall on all the women in Austria. Where does this spinelessness come from? Well, maybe it comes from an attitude like this. Our Prime Minister says, there is no core identity in Canada. Some of us might object to that statement. I know I do, because I feel like I have a core identity, so don't speak for me, Mr. Prime Minister. Oh, and here's our cultural elite magazine, Maclean's, and look what they've got on their cover. Uh, a naked woman and a full cover woman, as if that were the choice. The choice is not between full cover and nakedness. <laughs> the choice is between full cover and normal dress. So there's a lie on the cover. And then, underneath, veils. Who are we to judge? If you can ask that question, you have, I guess, no core identity. Here is uh, our Prime Minister's mother and wife, and they're wearing these pretty headscarves, and uh, oh, happy Mother's Day, and they're wearing it in solidarity with, uh, with uh, Muslim women. But in fact, these are scarves, they're not hijabs, so there's a little duplicity going on here. This little girl knows the difference. Hello, hijabis, did you know hijab is like this, not like this? Your hair's showing, it's pretty, uh, that's not hijab. Hijab is total imprisonment of the head right up to the chin. I'm giving you anecdotes, but this is coming from a real thing. There is such a thing as an international movement to sanitize the hijab. World Hijab Day, uh, it's celebrated in different places, different, different ways. But notice one thing. They don't make any distinction between the hijab and the niqab. So if you're endorsing the hijab as something innocent and benign, you're also endorsing the, the, the full cover, because that's just one step behind. These uh, Detroit or uh, Michigan girls thought they were doing their hijabi uh, classmates a favor by making a girls-only party for them so they could go, because they're not allowed to go to the real prom, so they'll go to this all-girls party and let down their hair. They thought they were doing a real favor. But guess what? The non-hijabi girls are going to the real prom, and guess who they'll be socializing with? The Muslim boys. Uh, they thought they were doing them a favor. They were endorsing gender apartheid. This bothered me, this little kid, she's eight years old and she's a Christian girl and she put on the hijab in solidarity with her Muslim sisters and her mother approves of that. Uh, you'll notice it's always a one-way street. There's no uh, little Muslim girl in the whole world that is ever gonna put on a Christian cross to express her affection uh, for Christians. And it's also ironic because the most persecuted people in the world today, numerically, uh, are Christians. Well, oh, oh, they need a new marketing director. Uh, see how you look in a hijab? Two very unfriendly looking uh, guys there. Um, you know, uh, I don't like what they're really saying. What they're really saying is, we don't like you without the hijab, and we think maybe it would be to your advantage to put it on. And I, I find this quite threatening and intimidating, and any feminist that could look at this image and say, oh yeah, yeah, hijab, feminism, it's all the same, needs her head red. How do Muslim uh, parents get their kids to, their little girls to accept the hijab? Sometimes they tell them you're like a piece of candy that's unwrapped, that attracts filthy flies or you're like a lollipop that's unwrapped that attracts filthy flies. The filthy flies, of course, is the sexual attention of men, why uh, men should be interested in five-year-old, three-year-old kids. Uh, they don't explain. Uh, in our culture, we don't believe men are that uh, way. Uh, yes, or they tell them it's their identity. I'm Muslim and hijab is my identity, but most uh, Muslim women in the world do not wear the hijab, and uh, they're okay with their identity. This tiny tot says that um, it's, not, uh, it's neither unnatural or unusual to wear the hijab. Um, well, 
Look at these kids. These two babies over here are never gonna feel the wind in, the, in their hair in their lifetime. How natural is that? Oh, hijarbi, you know, merchandisers. Oh yeah, you know, you want an astronaut? Sure, you want, a, uh, you want her in a burqa? Sure, whatever. Uh, if it sells, we're okay. Uh, this little girl, this image bothered me because uh, they've got this little tiny girl in full cover, practically. Uh, the face will come later, but uh, they're, they're making a joke out of her. Keep calm and wear the hijab. Now that's a funny, that's a take on a funny British saying, uh, but that means everybody that sees her laughs. That's not funny. This really creeps me out. These are Disney characters and beloved uh, uh, characters from, from children's literature. They've taken, uh, talk about cultural appropriation, my God. Uh, they've taken uh, Alice in Wonderland and they've turned her hair into a hijab. Um, and this is, again, the Western face, the light eyes. Uh, so you want to talk about cultural appropriation. Now, this might have been done in a spirit of fun. I don't find it funny. Something about my core identity is not finding it funny. It's ironic because in Afghanistan, uh, the, the uh, Sesame Street Project people are, made their little Muppet girl to have no hijab. They're trying to empower girls in Afghanistan, and over here, we're trying to get girls into uh, hijabs. All right, so th this is the part that really kills me. This is a Canadian book, Tilt Your Head, Rosie the Red, published in 2015. It's meant for seven or eight-year-old girls. Rosie the Red, the character, she's an adventurous little girl. She wears a red cape because it makes her feel empowered. We love her. This is what we want all little girls to be. Comes to school one day, she sees Fadimata, the new, uh, the new classmate, being made fun of because she's wearing the hijab. Rosie's right in there. She says, I'll be your friend. She walks with her into the school, but she sees Fadimata still sad, uh, but she knows just what to do. Uh, she asks Fadimata to take her Supergirl cape and turn it into a hijab. Now Fadimata's smiling, and now they're best friends. Uh, the next day, Fadimata has made um, uh, headdresses for all the other kids, but they're not hijabs. The whole thing smells of propaganda, and at no time does anybody ask Fadimata to turn her hijab into a cape. So we have the moral equivalence here of uh, cape, hijab, it's all the same thing, and Canadian girls should feel very comfortable to wear the hijab. Here's the kicker. Uh, the author of this book is Rosemary McCartney, Canada's global affairs ambassador to the United Nations. Speaking of the United Nations, she is not primarily a children's literature author. She is primarily a politician. So she wrote this book, in my opinion, as pure propaganda and in my opinion, she's saying the same thing uh, in a cutesy way as the president of Austria said, we gotta put everybody in a hijab because that's the only way that we're going to appease these Islamists. So this really sucks as far as I'm concerned. This woman was freed from uh, enslavement by ISIS and this was her first act of liberation. She tore off her face cover. This is Ayan Hirsi Ali. Uh, a true Muslim feminist, the hijab as a, symbol, as a symbol justifies the rape of women. Let's time to discard it like the chastity belt. Here is Zineb al-Razoui, I will consider the hijab as normal dress the day that no woman in the world is jailed for not wearing it. These are my idea of uh, Muslim feminists. Thank you. Every little girl has the right to feel the wind in her hair. Please do not endorse or encourage the international movement to launder the hijab in the West. Thank you.
Barbara, how do you how do you fare in the Twitterverse after you oh. write your columns? I do a lot of blocking. I have to block like about ten people a day. I, I get a lot of hate Twitter, hate tweets. Yeah. 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 I, I'm called everything. I'm an Islamophobe. I'm a racist. I'm a this. Some of that. I'm a you know you name it. You tough. You know you you get kind of used to it after a while, and you 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 learn to sort of roll with the punches. It's. But your point is that we shouldn't get used to it. We should not get used to it. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.